Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Almost here, round the corner technology. Today I've got a fun interview uh, with Lucy Beard, the founder and chief cobbler of Feets.com, F-E-E-T-Z.com. Uh, they 3D print shoes. How you doing, Lucy? I'm good. How are you, Richard? Yeah, good. I'm, I'm looking forward to this interview. I think it's going to be uh, really interesting and fun. And uh, I love the concept you guys have. Um, how did you get into this? What's your uh, What's your background? Yeah, my background, I'm a mathematician, so I have been doing things like being an actuary where I predicted life insurance, like who was going to die, um, and then I worked Oy. on like text analysis and social media gaming, like at Zynga, where I would mine all the data of every time you click something, so I've always been involved huh. in like tons of data, um, but wow. feet started with more of much more simple problem. Uh, I went shoe shopping one day and had to try on like 10 pairs of shoes and couldn't find anything that fit. And I just got frustrated and I said, oh, I'm done. And I, I walked out of the shoe store and I walked next door to Starbucks Coffee. And I walked right in and said, you know what? I'll have a double milk shot, extra hot soy milk. And uh, I watched as they could make 87,000 combinations of coffee from two little machines. And I suddenly had that like light bulb moment where I said, hold on. Why is my coffee more customizable than my shoes? And that for me was like the start of this journey of saying, you know, am I the only problem that finds shoes that I can't find shoes that fit? And I found a lot of people had that problem. You know, and when I finally got the stats behind it, I found one in five people struggle to find shoes that fit. And I was like, hold on, no, 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 it can't be that many. That's like 20%. That's huge. Like no way would a business market this big not be solving for that many people. And I just found yeah. that the way shoes are made, you know, the technology of manufacturing today um, how we market and how we brand shoes and what fit really means today. That yeah, in fact, it really was. We're leaving behind like one in five people who are saying, yeah, I, I, I make shoes work, but they just don't fit me. Or I can't find shoes at all, and I literally go barefoot. And those are really wow. hard stories to hear. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even that strange, but I'm a 4E, so I have a very wide foot, uh, and um, mm -hmm. I have a very hard time finding the sneakers I want and yeah, you know, and going to the shoe store nowadays is a real pain. I mean, the people that work there aren't really knowledgeable about shoes, and you just, you know, you go by looks, but then you try them on, and you get to walk around, and it's much better to be able to make custom ones. Yep, and then you think about the world of today. We're, we're used to buying a lot of things online, but how often do you have mm -hmm. to go to a store? Yet for shoes, because of just what you said, hey, I've got to really try it on. What does it feel like? Is it a little bit tight here? Does it match my style, or does it match my outfit? You've, you've got to spend a lot of time to try and find shoes that fit. Or you use a model, you know, like the Zappos, you order 20 pairs of shoes and you return 19 of them. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, it's very wasteful. A, yeah, it's really wasteful and just going back and forth, um, as well as just the time aspect of people. I'm like, you know, the world of software where we've, we've learned what customization really means. We, we've learned how to personalize things. You know, I shop at Amazon. I'm always amazed where it says, like, you bought this. We think you're going to like this. And I'm like, how did yep. it know that? I think it's actually right. 
So if you apply yeah. those same kind of data technologies, you can easily do that in the world of footwear. And that's what we're, we're on our mission to do. We're saying, look, you should never actually have to try on a pair of shoes again. They should always just be made for wow. you when you want them, where you want them, in the style that you want them. And that's, that's the future really cool. of footwear. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, like my foot is very wide. Um, what other things have you encountered in the, in the shoe world? Do people have different size feet? You know, left versus oh. right. Uh, yeah, what what other anomalies make shoes a pain? You know, for the, some people, they have medical conditions, right? Uh, whether it's diabetes or neuropathy, and it's like they have to see podiatrists or have special shoes made for podorthos. And we don't solve for those guys yet, but we will one day. We solve for everyone right now that has just feet, because when you think about it, your feet are as unique as your DNA. It's as unique as your thumbprint. So your left foot and your right foot are not even the same size. And you think of your things, like you're buying a shoe right now in a size 7, or for you, you know, I'm a 4E. You, you can't even buy a shoe on the rack that says 4E. Maybe it says wide, but wide is meant to solve for a 2E, a 3E, a 4E, a 6E. And we've seen that. Right. Let, let alone for the fact of like, oh, I have a high instep, or I have a high arch. Or, you know what, my, my uh, uh, heel is actually really narrow, so I always fall out of flats. Those things are super common with every single person in the world, you know, their left foot and the right foot, it's actually really common to be more than a half size difference between your feet. And you can feel really? that in the shoe. Yeah, you can feel that in the shoe. You know, we've, we've huh. scanned and we've looked at people's over 10,000 people's feet in the past couple of years. And as soon as we share that data with them of like, did you know this about your feet? They're like, you know, I kind of felt it or I realized that, but I never knew that. And because footwear, you, you don't have a choice, right? You just buy what you can in front of you. They never yeah. demand to have anything different. Huh. But now if you start thinking, well, why don't we just make shoes to fit you in the first place? You know, you're 4E. You don't even really need to know that you're a 4E. Why don't we just say you're size me? It doesn't matter. <laughs> just like, I, I, I want to cool. do, what size are you? I'm size me. I'm like, that's the only shoe size you ever really need to know. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, so how do um, how do people go through your process of getting shoes? Like how how do they measure themselves or what what goes on? Yeah, that was the first fun challenge. Um, you know, my my motto yeah. was like make it super easy for consumers. Like we live in this world of technology, can't make things hard. Um, and on top of that, you need to be able to do this anywhere in the world because we have people across the world who contact us and say like I want shoes. Um, so we, we had to work out, well, what's a way to get a 3D model or get enough data about your feet? And we realized that you have a really powerful computer sitting in your pocket, which is your smartphone. So mm-hmm. we investigated a lot of technologies and found things called like photogrammetry. Um, and we created an app where you can download it. It's free on both iOS and Android. You just search for feet and you then take a white sheet of paper. You take three photos of your feet one from the side, one from the top, and one from the other side. And then it creates a 3D model live right in front of you within under a minute. It's that easy. It's that easy. And we're like, now anyone in the world can actually do this. And so you don't have to go to a store. You don't have to print certain things. You don't have to measure things on your feet. It's just like you can find a white sheet of paper and you have a smartphone. The two together, you know, makes it easy. 
I'm downloading this now, by the way, as we speak for later because I'm making right. myself shoes. That's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> for sure. Now, the subtleties of this are, you know, then we've had to learn with people of um, shouldn't be on carpet, right, because then you can't, you can't mess up that white sheet of paper. So go on a nice right. smooth floor, something like a wood floor or a concrete floor. Um, you stand nice and, um, and solid on the piece of paper, and we have a little video that kind of helps and walks you through it. Because those are the new things that we're getting to learn by being out there. Of like, you've never really taken photos of your body parts to, before, not unless you hopefully know, not you're doing something. Well, you're, not unless you're on Tinder doing something fun, and we don't want those photos. <laughs> yeah, you know, or you're Anthony um, Weiner, man. Exactly. I'm like, those are not the kind of photos we want to see. Uh, instead, we want to get like three accurate measurements of each foot. Each foot, so it's got to be at a certain angle. Um, and once you've kind of learned how to do that, the world of, of fashion and fit is just going to become more prominent. You know, there's companies that do that with bra fitting. There's companies that do that now with custom shirts. Um, so everyone is along this journey of fashion and what you wear should be customized. And it's not just about getting your size in the first place, but then it's the wonderful, even more challenging part of, well, then how do you actually manufacture it? And that's the 3D printing hmm. side of what we do. Okay. Um, what about existing brands out there, Nike, et cetera? Um, and, you know, what if someone wants to print a shoe that looks like theirs or yours so different that you don't have a problem? Yeah, you've already described the future of what we're going to do, Richard. Um, we're not trying to be the only shoe brand in the world like that is doing a custom shoe for you. We understand, like, you're going to want to wear a Cole Haan. You're going to want to wear Skechers. You're going to want to wear a feet shoe, or you're going to want to wear a shoe when you go skiing. And the world today is not set up that you wear one brand for all those things, just like you don't listen to the same type of music. You, you, you love different artists. What we want to be is the platform that gives it all to you. So just like iTunes services you so you can get any music you want, Beats is going to be the brand so you can get any style and design that you want. But what's unique to us is that we know your size. Remember, size me. You don't need to then think about trying these shoes on. And they can be made in a way that they can be made on demand and delivered to you when you want. So it's great for the brands as well because they're like, I don't have to have inventory. I can try new styles that don't yet exist on the market. Because we're like, oh, we don't have to make 100000 and then go and sell them all. We can try unique right. designs that we don't know if they will work in the market yet. And we also don't know who will buy them. We don't have to predict that it's only going to be ah, a size 7, 8, and a 9. It could be a size 14 or it could be a size 3. And it doesn't matter because it's only made it when we need it. So what? how are you going to interact? Have you started interacting with the big brands? And do they... I mean, would you have to license uh, certain elements of Nike, for instance, and then, but then they would use your platform to print, or how do you envision this working? Yeah, those are, we're in the early days of this. Uh, right now, we've got a great partnership with DSW, with the shoe store. Um, so we've okay. just done some pop-up stores where we've actually brought this experience into their shoe stores. We were at New York and San Francisco, and we've got a few more uh, locations to go through where we see how customers are interacting with us. And we're asking them a lot about what are those brands that you really are searching for? What are the styles that you really want? Um, and we do have talks behind the scenes, but nothing is public yet. So that's going to be the fun of what we do in 2017, where you're going to see okay. some young designers you've never heard of on our platform to some big name oh. brands that you're like, wow, 
you know, you love their shoes and want to wear them. That's really cool. Okay. And uh, now the shoe itself. So what is it made of? Is it plastic or what, what kind of materials can you print in? Yeah, now you've got to the wonderful challenge of 3D printing and construction. You know, today's Ugh. footwear, you know, is it's very manual how it's made. You know, so on average, there are about 12 to 13 different materials that construct what an average kind of sneaker or style of shoe wears today. Uh, 65 different components to that shoe. So it's not like you just make it and put it together. There's 65 little parts from eyelets, et cetera. And it takes on average about a hundred different pairs of hands to put that shoe together. And so if you think that many people have to put that shoe together, it's why it's in low cost labor markets and you can't Mm. shift it out of those markets unless you either create automation, you create different speed, you change the styles of the designs or you change the materials. And so you asked about the material for feet. We use one simple component where most, most of your shoes are made of. Uh, in, in the industry, it's, it's a TPE. Uh, it's kind of a mixture of a rubber and a plastic kind of feel to it. But if you think of sneakers, it's usually the bottom of like sneakers and vans. It's a very comfortable. It's very durable. And it's good for the environment. So we haven't, instead of taking 12 materials, we said, look, we're not going to use the bad materials in footwear like EVA which doesn't biodegrade, it's bad for the environment, it, it sits in landfills because we don't recycle shoes, right? Feats now does, okay. but the industry, you, you huh. think of the shoes you wear, you just like throw them away. They yeah, sit in the landfill. And so we said, let's make the products out of a sustainable material. So we focus on only two or three materials for the whole component of the shoe. So first that TPE, we call the style that we make, uh, we call it NugaFlex because it's kind of got a really nice flexible aspect to it. It's printed in a very kind of knitted way, so it's breathable. And then we put a liner on the inside of it, which is anti um, antimicrobial and antibacterial. So it's actually really okay. nice for you. Your feet don't sweat in it. So that when you wear the shoes, really? they're just like they're just focused on comfort. They're just focused on these are comfortable shoes that fit me. And then you get to choose, even though it's one material, you can choose a lot of variations in color styles whether it's like loud, bright colors of pink and orange and light blue, or just keep it really subtle and say, you know, it's the all black shoe that I wear to work every day. And you only need a couple materials, even though you can change so much so that in the end, that shoe can come back to us when you're finished and be fully recycled. And that's like some crazy stuff hmm. that Beats really loves what we get to do with, with footwear. Do you have a, a buyback program, you know, where someone sends them in and then you give them a discount or something on the next pair? Yeah. That's what we're about to launch. So you're just seeing that there. And, and again, in the industry, like we, we keep looking at the industry and saying like, okay, yeah, we'll like co- copy what is already there, right? Um, right? There's like no footwear brands that does this. And we're like, really? Why wouldn't you do this? And the odd one or two that does do this, they say, okay, well, first of all, we're going to charge you. So if you give us $25 and you also pay for the shipping to send it to us, then we'll recycle this shoe. And I'm like, you know, people want to recycle stuff, but you got to make it easy for them. You know, you got to have those recycle bins at their house for them to put it in. I'm like, you're going to make people pay for this. It's why it's not done. So we're on a mission to say, look, make the product in a way that's sustainable in the first place, source your product. So there's only a few different ingredients so that they're good. Then two, make it easy for consumers in the end. And as a company, we stand by it that like, look, we own this product from, from cradle to grave. 
we, we don't just make it for you and you have it and we forget about it. We want you to send it back. And we consider it part of our philosophy to say, like, if we made this product and put it out there, we're responsible also for what happens to it afterwards. And I think that that's very yeah. new in the footwear industry. Yeah, years ago I saw a book. They called it Cradle to Cradle mm -hmm. uh, Manufacturing. They talked about in nature there's no waste. You know, even a you know a cherry tree drops way too many blossoms, but it all degrades and comes back and is used again. So it's same thing. They they gave a use case of like a furniture company. I don't know if they were able to do it or not, but yeah, they made the the uh, the couches deliberately out of materials that they could be recycled and reused, and not not even downcycled, but literally remade into the same product again. So that's right. really great. You guys are doing that. Yeah, I mean, and this is what I didn't know. Remember, it, this journey for me started because I just couldn't find shoes that fit, and then when I learned like how shoes yeah. made, I was like, hold on it's really like additive to pollution. And I, and I saw like pictures and I talked to a lot of people of the manufacturing facilities. Fashion is actually the world's third largest polluter to the whole environment. I'm uh, like, wow. imagine that. I'm like, hold on. This isn't just some minor pollution thing. This is the third largest pollution aspect. And there's 7 billion of us on the planet and we're growing. And so we all mm. have to wear shoes. And I'm like, okay, so this thing isn't going to get easier. And unless somebody starts creating a new method, well, it's just going to make it worse. And so I'm like, okay, you know, exactly that book, the cradle to cradle, we got to make a start. And we don't yeah, have that's all really the answers. Great. Wow. You know, we're going to absolutely need people to help us. And, you know, we don't expect to invent it all, um, but we're making a stand by it to say, look, if somebody doesn't try it, then it's never going to happen. Yeah, it's amazing. Have you um, figured out how to recycle the shoes yet or is it so new that you're still working on it we we're in our development stage on it so we have actually taken shoes because uh, we have shoes that like fail when we're making them or the early shoes coming back um, and we've melted mm. them and you can use the polymer back up to 20 times and so we've remade them into shoes so now we have this fun wow. challenge of like well you know there's different colors so can an orange and a blue shoe really come back and how do you strip the color out and then put the color back in or do you then instead mm. make it all into, it's easier to make it into all a black shoe just by adding some other color into it, you know? And right. you, you know, is it weird for people, you know, like we have straws that are recycled. Think about what you're putting in your mouth. You're like, if you really thought about it, you probably didn't, you don't want to know what it was recycled from. <laughs> but, but at the same right. time with your shoes, I'm like, oh, do I really want to wear a shoe on my upper that somebody else has been wearing? Um, so now we're, we're going, maybe it's just the treads that are part of that because it's a little bit easier for another consumer to accept. And then at gotcha. some point we can't recycle it to a shoe because just the durability component, but it can be recycled into another format. So there are things like uh, children's playgrounds, like the mats and the structures underneath it. Um, so we're yeah. saying like, we want to make sure that there is another life for it. So it just doesn't go into the bin. Okay. Makes sense. Um, what about, so you have different size feet, you have, you know, particular shapes of people's feet. What about other um, elements that can affect someone? You know, someone has a uh, a bad knee or they're really heavy um, or their foot is extremely long. I mean, how far can this customization go? And do you have work shoes? Do you have, like, uh, different types that are real thick for, let's say, someone working in a, you know, a refinery where, like, steel toe, you know, those kinds of things that you going to go in any of those directions or is that too much 
for you right now? Right now, we have two styles of shoes. Uh, we've really focused okay. on the first shoes that people need when we asked. We said, like, what are the kind of shoes you want? He said, I want a comfortable pair of shoes I can wear every day. He said, okay, kind of mm. casual shoes. And we worked through 30 different designs. And the consumer said, yep. So we have a, a kind of basic flat that you can wear every day. And it's more of a feminine okay. style. And then we have a casual sneaker that just came out. So it covers the whole foot. It's great for all weather terrain. Uh, you can color it up. So it's a bright color to, you know, dance the night away, or you can make it all black and it, make, and it fits in well at work. Then, of course, now you've, you've just brought in, these are the external partnerships. Like, it wouldn't be Feats' brand that would make that industrial shoe. We would partner with somebody who's like, look, you're more of an expert in it. You have the brand. You understand that. We are the technologists, right. and we also understand how to do custom fitting. So you also don't need to manufacture 20,000 of them. You only need 2,000, or you only need 20, or you only need two because of the uniqueness of what's needed for that particular application. Now, the dimensions of fit that you talked about, you're exactly right. You mentioned like long feet. It just subtle things like how long are your toes? And for women mm. that wear like flats, where does the end of that toe structure actually match to your toes? And if you have really long toes, you get something called toe cleavage, you know? Nice little fun word that most people don't think about it. Toe <laughs> cleavage, you know? Uh, now, some people, they're all like, bring on the cleavage. Yeah. I want to show it. It's all part of it. And other people are like, you know what? I want to hide it. I do not want anyone yeah. to see it. It, You know, just like other types right. of cleavage, right? <laughs> uh, so we that's one of the variables that we have. And we call them 22 different dimensions of fit. So things like huh. how, thick are, how thick are your toes so that the vamp how how much does it ride up quickly into the nape and the neck? Right. What's the ball ratio, the heel ratio? How big is your arch? Right. Think about how people buy comfort insoles and put them in shoes. You don't need to do that because we actually make the comfort insole as part of the shoe, and it matches your your arch support. So it's like wow, that makes sense. That's, okay. Yeah, it's already a product that uh, you know. If I go to a doctor, I'm paying a couple hundred bucks for that. And now I'm like, I don't need to do that because it's just part of the shoe. Um, then you talk about the harder things of preference. You know, you just said, what's your height and what's your weight? Because if you're 100 pounds or if you're 400 pounds, you're like putting that same amount of pressure on a shoe. And we're like, that's, right. not, the, that's not what's needed. So we ask you those kind of questions. And then the preference aspects of like, um, just like I like my jeans to be tight or baggy. Sometimes mm -hmm. you like your shoes to feel tight or you like to be able to have roominess and wiggle your toes. Like that's yeah. where the serious mathematics, the mathematics side of me is like, this is what I love. I like to understand who you are and what's in your brain and how you think about what fit really means. That's more than just a dimension or a measurement of your foot. Well, also too, I mean, you know, I need orthotics. Um, and if you look at a lot of people's shoes, you'll see the wear pattern is to the inside of the outside. Um, I would think that your technology would be would lend itself to making orthotics for shoes. I mean, maybe even integrated with the shoe. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what we do. Now we don't call it an orthotic; it's a custom insole. As a subtle difference okay. to make sure that you know the medical aspect of doing corrective angles. We, mm -hmm. we we don't have that capability today. That doesn't mean we won't have that capability tomorrow because many people are requesting it. So it's always thinking like, ah, oh, when are we going to do that? But when you think about a comf comfortable shoe, you know, many podorthists and podiatrists have come to us and said, like, you know what, I can give them an insole here, but 
You know what? They just, they've got thick toes or they have a big bunion or they're a four E wide or they're six E wide. It doesn't matter that I give them a, an insole. They, there's no shoes that they can find to fit in the first place. So we solve yeah. for quite a bigger market than just the insole market. And then of course you start yeah. thinking about if you are someone, you know, you, you said yourself, like you walk into a store, well, maybe not as much choice as you would like. Shoes are a part yep. of fashion, and it's an emotional factor for us. Of when, when we put the clothes on our body and we walk out into the world, it says something about who we are. It's a statement, and it reflects an element of confidence and how we interact with the world and what we want to be known for. And so being able to limit those choices for people means like you're, you're doing a disservice to them. So by offering the sense of custom, it's not just about like just getting the shoe that fits. It's changing the nature of someone's confidence, of who they are, what style means to them, of how they interact and tell the world, this is me. And that's a great aspect of how we think of how style will start to really shift and change by using 3D printing, but also by enabling so much more opportunity because you don't have to wait for it to be on a shelf. You don't have to wait to choose from the top 20 brands that are out there. It could have been made by you know, our children who just came up with some random idea that took off and everybody wants it. Yeah, um, I can tell you, you know, I'm heavy set, and again, I have wide feet and all that, and I wear clothes more for, and shoes more for utility, first of all, because I don't have as much choice as other people, and then second of all, a lot of clothes just don't fit right or feel good, same with shoes. Mm -hmm. So I think this would this could free up people that aren't, you know, the ideal perfect shape or weight to be fashionable and to look how they want to look and look better, you know? You're exactly right. There's no, there's no one thing, right? Like, we're not a size 7. There's 17 shoe sizes, right? And I'm like, we're one of 17. I'm not one of 17. I'm one of 7 billion. I am unique. I don't want to feel bad for it. I don't want to go into a store and, and say, like, oh, that doesn't fit, and I feel bad for it. I'm like, why should I feel that way? Um, yeah, I just think that, true. and that's the nature of fashion and the industry behind it just doesn't know how to make it yet on demand. So that's this mass customization element. It exists, you know, in software it's existed for years, right? We know that. Like you get customized emails up the wazoo. Um, but in right. hardware, it, it really exists in the food and retail space. So I mentioned the Starbucks example. You walk in little small square footprint, like 1,000 square foot maximum some of these stores are, and you get 87,000 combinations of coffee. But it also right. exists in like Five Guys, right? Five Guys burgers. You walk in mm -hmm. and you can get 250,000 combinations of a burger. That's, in that's insane, right? You're like, no, 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 I'll just have a yeah. burger, but it's not. Like, do you want lettuce? Do you want onions? Do you want this? And it's not like there's a 1,000 right. components. There, there's actually not that many. And it also doesn't mean that you need a lot of people. You compare that model of how footwear is made, needing 100 people to touch a shoe. Five Guys, yeah. as, a, as a burger chain, has five people operated, right? You know, the clue is in the title, right? Five Guys can make yeah. 250,000 combinations of burgers when you walk in. Hmm. So this model of mass customization requiring automation, Lean Six Sigma, different kinds of manufacturing philosophies, but enabled by a new technology means the consumer can get what they want on demand by just interacting in a different way. And that's what the future of footwear is going to be. Yeah. Well, how do you envision that people are going to get 
these shoes? Do you think it's going to be seats doing the printing and sending them out? Or do you think it's going to be a combination of your machine in stores plus ordering from you plus designs people can make at home? Or, you know, where do you think the the buying and creating is going to happen as this transitions or as this moves on and grows? You just named the three models right now. You know, it's either we're going to make okay. it, we're, we're going to make it in combination with a store, yeah, or eventually it's going to be at home. I can't tell you, like, this is the only way it's going to be because this is something new for a consumer to interact with. And I think there's yeah. trends and macroeconomic changes that will say how fast one of those pops in. But right now we do make the shoes. We make them in our facility in San Diego. We can make thousands of shoes every month. So that, like, hmm. keeps us going for now. But eventually we're like, no, 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 you know, we can't keep up with that demand. So we either have to recreate that facility and put it somewhere else. So instead of it being in San Diego, um, it would be in London for the European market, right? Make it local right. so it doesn't have to get shipped thousands of miles away. You're creating locally made goods. Uh, but then yeah. you mentioned the store. That experience of me buying my coffee, I, I can't really do that virtually. And until we can solve that overcomeness of I really do need to feel how a shoe is which will get solved with things like VR and virtual reality is absolutely going to get there it's just not there today maybe it'll take a year maybe it'll take five years how do you virtually try on a shoe I'm like oh yeah I don't really need to go into a store but today why don't you use the store they have a lot of square footage we've just done this experience with um, DSW people love seeing their feet touching the shoes, being able to design them on site, talking to experts about their feet and saying, well, how will this solve for me? And it's, it's not yeah. clinical like it is on a computer. And then eventually, just as you, you mentioned, like it's going to be in your home. You know, and we're like, oh, 3D printers in the home. Like it's not going to happen. I'm like, it is going to happen. It's just, it's not going to be one machine that does everything. It's going to be yeah. like your microwave. Your microwave isn't doing everything for your whole house. It serves a purpose in your kitchen, and it makes your food. Or and it defrosts things, and it heats things up. You're going to have a 3D printer. You know, For us, it's, that, it's the closet. It's, and then your closet is essentially in the cloud, and you will press a button, and you will make your fashion on demand. And it yeah. replaces your closet. Yeah. It, it's not tomorrow. It's going to be, you know... Maybe five years, maybe 15 years, depends how fast trends and people come up with the hardware and solutions to do it. And Beats is not going to be right. the only people doing that, you know. But it's fascinating to think that. You know, when we think that these things yeah. are crazy, I ask people like, hey, when was the last time you went to Blockbusters to uh, rent an old DVD? It, it was literally under 10 years ago how fast I know, it I know. happened. You know, from that yeah. to Netflix. And then in Netflix, I still remember that I started with like, hey, I'll get the three C the three DVDs at the same time. And now I'm like, whoa, I don't even do that. I just stream. I just press a button and I'm instantly watching anything. Yeah. Yeah, there was a red box for a little while, but then that was eclipsed like probably in three years. Yeah. And it was that fast. Although like we didn't really notice it. It wasn't this cliff. It it was kind of subtle how it shifted. When you stand back right. and look at it, you're like, wow. And that's what's going to happen in this footwear industry. Like, it will be. It's made for you somewhere else. It's made in a store. It's starting to be made at home. And how fast those patterns shift, where you suddenly, like, in 10 years, will stand back and, like, hey, remember when we used to, like, try shoes on? We would go to a store, mm -hmm. and there would be a box in front of us, and we would kind of just keep trying them until they worked. I'm like, we'll laugh at that. 
But today yeah. we're like, whoa, it's hard to get out of that model. Um, a big question. It, it seems like, you know, it's great that you're all about function and helping people with, you know, get the right fit and all that. But women's fashion seems like a gigantic elephant in the room. Um, mm-hmm. I would think that, you know, women love shoes and uh, I would think the fashion part, I mean, you're 3D printing. Are you at all going in the direction of where people can make all kinds of crazy designs, especially for women's shoes, you know, uh, high heels or just all kinds of strange stuff that hasn't been out there so far? Mm-hmm. I, I, so fashion is a wonderful thing because we're like, oh, yeah, you've got to be able to, like, get onto the fashion train. Like, footwear is developed over a year in advance before it comes and hits in the store. So although we think, oh, no, no, it's fast footwear, it's not because it takes that long, you know. First you've got to design it on a piece of paper. Then it gets shipped somewhere where somebody makes prototypes and it goes back and forth. Um, then you decide, okay, these are what I'm going to make. It takes three-plus months for it to actually be produced. Then it's three months in cargo containers being shipped to eventually get somewhere where then it gets distributed across all the different wholesalers and places that you buy it from. So right. it's not fast. So now you think, oh, okay. So you want a red shoe, you want a quarter-inch heel or a half-inch heel, you want a square toe, you want a round toe. It does not going to take me a year to do that. It's going to take me, you know, 10 minutes. And Mm. to then react to that and a consumer wants that, then you actually can become very fashionable. That's what's fascinating about this. And so we won't claim to be the only designers. There are going to be people we will react to saying, like, what are the trends? Is it polka dots? Right? Is it zippers? Is it this colorways? Is it this style line? Um, and to be able to have that on demand, that's the changes. Not only for the fashion of today, but I just remember, like, I go to my closet and there's a pair of shoes that I just love and I've had for three years, but they're worn yeah. and they're about to die. And I'm like, I want to get mm. that pair of shoes again. But, you know, it's not in fashion anymore, so I can't get it. And I'm like, well, why can't I get it? So if you have this on-demand model and it's got your history of the shoes that you've always loved and bought before, you just press it. It doesn't matter that it's not in season or they don't have it in stock anymore. You could just get it again. Hey, you know, it's, I, I guess I'm a strange shoe person, but there's this one kind of new balance that I would get. I got for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I would do is just go online on Amazon or Zappos and just I look for the same shoe and I order it because I know it fits and I like it and I don't have to worry, but eventually they stop carrying it. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's accelerating. So that's annoying too. You're right. Something that works. And now of course that's not, that's not the newest uh, fashion for the year, but I don't care about exactly. that. You know, I just want functionality. Yeah. And you found that shoe and you're like, I just kind of want it. Right. Yeah. You're the consumer. You're the me. one who should have the choice that works for you. You know, it's huh. a brand and they want to help you try new sizes or sorry, try new styles. But, like, in the end, you're the one who's got to wear it. You should be able to choose what you want. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. This is really cool and exciting. I it's, I guess my brain's really going doing this interview because uh, all the possibilities, I'm sure. I don't know how you keep oh, calm yeah. with, with all the things that you could do and you are doing. So that's, that's really fantastic. Uh, I will, and that's, like, the fun things we get to integrate every day. Like, I will go into a room and I'll meet one person that says, like, oh, but, you know, you don't make the style, so, like, forget it. I'm like, okay. And then I'll meet the next person oh. standing next to him who goes, like, oh, hold on, so I could get a shoe that fits? Um, like, this style's pretty cool. Yeah, okay, I-, I want it. 
And then you have the person next yeah. to them go like, oh, this is amazing. Like, I can't, I can't believe it. You're going to be able to make this style and this style. And then can you stream it to like my home? And that's in the mm-hmm. same room. Three very different people that think about like, uh, it's not this for me, so I hate it. Oh, this is what I want today, and this is what you're going to be tomorrow. And that's the, the great thing of having a young company, being able yeah. to listen to our consumers and the public daily, see what they need and what they want, and then being able to test things like, hey, you want a casual sneaker? It took us a couple months to design it, get it out there. And like, let's see. We immediately found we thought it was just going to be men that bought it, and then half the people that bought it have been women. And we're like, what? We thought that we solved the women's shoe. And so now we're like, okay, great. Now we've got to you know, pivot and make that style more feminine. And then we're like, what's the next shoe? Oh, they want a loafer. I'm like, okay, so here we go. And we can react to those market trends really quickly. Um, but that's also what's fun. Right? You get to interact and hear and listen. And what's really challenging because like consumers and people in the world say very different things every time you talk to them. Well, now you'll be able to solve the uh, looks good versus feel good. It won't be a versus anymore, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially for women's shoes. You know, they can have ones that look how they want and they won't cripple their foot. Uh, well, you would like to say that, except to some, you know, think about like <laughs> a, a pointy toe, like and that's mm-hmm. like a pointy toe. No, there's no yeah. foot that looks like a pointy toe. Like it squishes your toes in no matter what. Uh, mm. To some extent, like that's just never going to be comfortable. But if that's the style that you want, and you determine that comfort is driven more by by the style aspect of it, then I'm like, that there's no right or wrong answer. Like that's your choice, but you just have to kind of know that. But we could yeah. probably soften that a little bit. So if your toes have more of a Egyptian, or if you're more square toe, we can subtly change the angle. So instead of it being like a 30 degrees, it's more like a 25 degrees. So it gives you a little bit more room and comfort in there. What if you, like um, this, this is just completely out of the blue, but mm-hmm. I just thought of it. What <laughs> if you had the, ba- the base shoe and it was molded to you perfectly, and then over it there was a layer that was like um, you know, a fender on a car, and it could be a point or it could be any shape you wanted, but you, the shoe still would fit you properly because that's not the part that your foot's in. It would be like this this shell over the foot that, you know, like a costume for it or something that it makes it look like anything, you know? You know, I think you want to be one of our designers now, Richard. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I just, just gonna, you know, now you should go for it. <laughs> like, think about shoes that have existed over the past hundred-something years, like platforms of the 70s. People would look at that and go, like, are you serious? We used to wear shoes like that? Or the extremely pointy toes of the 1850s and Elizabethan ages. Or you think of binding and what they do, you know, in the geisha uh, era. You're like, are you serious? We would do that to our feet? It, there's a lot of things we do, and it's sometimes crazy, but it's driven not just by one person. It's driven by um, how a whole culture is driven what is driven by the times, what manufacturing methods are there, and what an individual wants. So the, the point is, is like, well, how do we just change it so that you as a consumer gets to decide what fits you, and then you right. get the choice to have it made, and as a company, we get to make sure it's made in a, in a responsible and sustainable manner, so that when you have the shoe, it's not creating an impact on the world that's negative. Right. Okay. Just, just a couple more questions. You know, yeah. 
I feel like we could talk about this for a long time. Um, <laughs> of, of the people that are wearing your shoes, you know, what kind of feedback are you getting from them? You know, a month in, I don't know if it's been around that long, but six months in, you know, what's, what, what are people experiencing once they have them and wear them? Yeah, we did our first pilot program uh, six months ago. We were the first 100 people who got their shoes, and so those people have had them the longest. Um, but we have had these properly tested, right? They've gone through the machineries, and they've performed 80% better than shoes on the market. So good shoes to last. Now, these people that have been wearing them, um, you know, the most common feedback is, wow, these are so comfortable. These are I, you know, I just didn't know that shoes could be like this. And now, of course, they're like, oh, okay, so what are you going to make this style and this style and this color and this way? Because they immediately understand what it could mean, and now they just want more. So I'm like, yep, we understand that. So now we have to chase after a lot of styles and designs. So we, we did um, a bride, for instance. Like, we would never have expected it, but, you know, one person came back and said, oh, I'm going to get married now, so could you do, like, a white shoe for me? And we're like, oh. Okay, we haven't really thought about that before. Um, she's like, I'm, you know, I'm going to wear my heels, but then after, you know, after I've done my uncomfortable bit, I'm going to dance the night away, and I want to wear some white shoes so they tell a story. And she did, and we're like, wow, I mean, like we wouldn't have thought about that. And so our consumers now are coming back to us, and they're giving us the feedback in terms of this is what I want to wear them for, where I want to use them, these are the colors that I want or the styles that I want, and then it's just up to us to be able to react. Um, as fast as we can to the markets that kind of help us make sense. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Anything I should have asked you that uh, we didn't cover? Um, I mean, you can ask about the cost of the shoes. We didn't really talk about that. No. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. What? How much do they run yeah. for the uh, yeah, two we, types? So you can buy them now on uh, feet.com. That's where we want you to come and interact with us is now our shoes are custom made for you. So they're always going to be at a premium to a normal pair of shoes. Just like when you buy a cup of coffee, if you buy Starbucks for five bucks, it's more than the Dunkin' Donuts for $2 because these things are made for you on demand. They're absolutely Mm. affordable still because we want you to have shoes that are affordable. So our flats, basic style, come in at $1.99 and our casual sneakers are $2.49. So when you think about you're already buying just a pair of sneakers and they cost you like 170 bucks and they're not custom made for you or sustainable, we're really making sure that we keep them affordable to you. Do you think um, that price is going to be able to come down in the near future or um, or do you think that's a pretty fair price for most people that want these kind of shoes? I would say has your Starbucks coffee gone gone down in price? It hasn't. Has my iOS iPhone? like gone down, if you're paying for something that is very modern in technology or it is custom made for you, you should always pay a premium for it because this product can only be made for you. And so you're paying for the fact that there's additional labor and costs and time. It's not made on a shelf. It's not trying to be made at the most cheap, uh, cheaply made method. It's made in a method right. that's fair for the environment and can only be made for you. So there's a premium that should always be attached to that. I like that. That makes sense. Instead of just going for the cheapest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, very good. Um, this has been a great I'm interview. Sure, Obviously, you can... yeah. Go make sure you yeah, uh, download the app and try it. I want to be able to. Oh, well, I downloaded it, and uh, yeah, I downloaded it. I texted my wife, so I think uh, 
by the time we get home, one or both of us are going to order it because I'm real excited about this. This is really cool. Yep, and we, we do gift cards as well, so it's great to give a, a present. Oh. Think about those, especially for guys that like, oh, I want to buy like my wife something, but she always returns it. Well, she can't really oh. return it when it's being custom made for. <laughs> and then it's it, well, but it's also a very unique personal gift for somebody because you're saying, oh, you know, for a holiday or for a birthday or, you know, hey, I want to get something for my mom. She's halfway across the country. I'm like, it doesn't matter where she is because they could just use the app and it's delivered directly for them. They don't have to go visit a special store. It's just right there for them. Hey, even people with two left feet or six toes, you can do so. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Bad, bad joke, we, I know. We've even done it. <laughs> no, we've done the six toes. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it, it, when you start looking at lots of people's feet, it's amazing how much diversity there is and how much stories there are about it. Um, really? Huh. Yeah, we really are unique as an individual. And, and when you hear the stories about our footwear, you're like, wow. You know, it's amazing to solve for someone's problems today but also to be right. part of what the future of footwear will be for the whole world. And that's what yeah. energizes us and keeps us excited at Beats every day. Right on. Okay. Well, yeah, this has been great. I really thank you for your time and uh, you know, taking the time to talk to everyone about this. So, Thanks, Richard. Have a great yeah. day. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.